excited to to uh, talk to you this morning about a courageous life. I think throughout the series we'll have like courageous life, courageous family, courageous whatever. Um, so today I'm going to talk about courageous faith, though. Can you give me my water, my precious? No, it's the other one. That's my precious bride. Thank you so much. Amazing. Nobody wanted to clap for you. That's all right. She looked looks good. I told. I I told. I saw Glenda this morning. I said. I t- I told Ed married up, and then I'm like, so did I. It's nice to marry up. Lee, we know you married up. Way up. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So. There's, there's different things about having courage and being courageous. I mean, I get up every morning, and it's, it takes courage just to get out of bed. I mean, one foot after the other, oh, I got to get out of bed. For a parent that's like me, that's a little protective of their kids, not overprotective, settle down, just protective. If you know me, my number one core value in life is my family. My kids are, above all, everything, my family is numero uno. We saw that a little bit with the news of Kobe Bryant's passing, I had no idea what kind of family man this guy loved his kids. And, um, and I thought, you know, when I die, I want people to know the most important thing to me was my family, my kids. Um, so, man, for me to drop my kids off every morning at school, it takes courage. I mean, they better be there when I pick them up. I, I tell every teacher at the beginning of the year, the little ones, I say, here's the deal. You're going to know me very well teacher. And all I need from you is to make sure that when I pick them up, they're there. I will be their parent. You teach them, don't parent them. Just make sure that they're there. I mean, I I tell every teacher that. They're like, weirdo alert. (laughs) I don't care. You know. So, but there are different types of courage that we walk in. Courageous leadership would be one. I think of King Saul and David, two completely different leaders. King Saul led with an iron fist. He demanded submission, right? Where David led, and it never, it never once does it say he, he required submission from, his, from, his, from those who followed him. They just followed him. Some unto death. It's courageous leadership to not demand to be followed to just trust and to have courage that my people are going to follow me and trust that I'm hearing from the Lord. That's courageous leadership. Then there's courageous worship. I thought about talking about courageous worship, being your worship pastor. Um, and, and thinking about courageous worship, I, I'm thinking of times when I'm going through the trials and the tribulations of another Chargers defeat, and I, and I have to come in on a Sunday and worship anyway. <laughs> Or something tragic happens in your life, and you get to choose to worship courageously. And I thought about just a few months ago, Sadie and Luis lost someone. Luis lost his mother. We had prayed for her. She had cancer for years. We prayed for her. We believed she would be healed. We stood in faith. We had prophetic words. We knew she was going to be healed, and she died. And it's horrible. And we don't have answers for it. And we don't try to have answers for it. We just know who God is. Sadie was scheduled. She died, I don't know, like on a Wednesday or something. Sadie was scheduled to lead with me 
a few days later on a Sunday. Now, t as typically we have set up here, the worship leader, whoever's leading worship, picks the set list out, and then they assign the singers. And, and there's some, uh, there's, you know, we work together on that, though, as well. But I specifically picked a song for her. And she texts me, and she says, I don't think I can make it through that song. And I said, you can make it through that song. I want you to release the fact that we know that you still believe God is a God of miracles. So she, she stood up here in the midst of a, a loss and sang out, I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Courageous worship. This last Wednesday, one of our dear sons of the house, Justin, who led this morning, he led Wednesday night here from 6.30 to 7. He didn't realize that two hours earlier his father had passed away suddenly. He had no idea until he got home, got the call. This was just a few days ago, and then I texted him, do you still want to lead worship on Wednesday? On Sunday, he said, yes. And he said, my biggest disappointment is my entire life, my father never saw me lead worship. He led up here courageously. Your dad saw you this morning, Justin. Can we pray for Justin? It's tough to lose a dad. Come on, anybody, if you're, if you're around him, could you just lay your hands on him? And just, we just release the peace of heaven right now over you and your family. We talked earlier after he had died, and I asked him if he knew the Lord. And he said, just not too long ago, he said, I believe Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And I said, that settles it, Justin. That settles it. And so we rejoice, even in this time of sadness. And it's okay to walk through this, man. Walk through the brokenness, Justin. Walk through the sadness. It's, it's good. But you're going to find joy on the other side. And we bless you in Jesus' name. And we are honored that this morning you led courageous worship over this house. Amen. That's tough. So proud of you, man. Wasn't worship awesome, though? When you lead out of a place of brokenness, man, there's just something that happens. Courageous worship. Yeah. So, I looked up courageous in the Webster's Dictionary, and um, I really didn't like the definition. Because part of the definition was the absence of fear. And I thought, mm, I don't think so, Webster. I don't think so. I think if there is no fear, you don't need courage. You just, it is what it is. Now, believers, we should not operate in fear. Never make a major decision, especially a major decision based out of fear. Never. Fear should never be the foundation for anything you do, ever. But we are human, and sometimes we can get a little bit afraid. And sometimes we need to make courage, uh, courageous decisions in spite of the fear. And I think courageous faith, here's what I think courageous faith is. Courageous faith says, fear, I see you, get out of the way. I'm going forward. 
Courageous faith to me is the epitome of the Christian lifestyle. We live this all the time. We have to, right? Um, I remember when my, I tell this story, I'm never going to get tired of telling this story. When my dad died and I got the call and um, he had, the paramedics were working on him. This was years ago, five years ago. He was in Seattle. I was here. Most of you know the story. Some of you don't. And I'm on the phone and my brother said, he's, you know, he's done. They're about to end, the, you know, they've been working on him for 45 minutes. He had already been out for another 15. It'd been like a long time. And this courageous faith, supernatural faith came on me and we started declaring life. No, that took courage because it would have been easy just to crawl up in a ball and just cry. But I didn't. I said, I'm going to stand in courage. I'm going to believe for life and I'm going to believe for life and I'm going to believe for life. And even flying up there and stand, uh, sitting at his, um, on his, uh, I was going to say deathbed, but that's what they thought it was. Sitting by his bed, he's on life support. He's been on support for days. And I would have doctors come in, and I would have nurses come in, and they would say, you better prepare for the, you know, I mean, it's amazing. You should just be happy that he survived, you know. I mean, he came back from the dead. This is amazing. You should just be happy. And prepare yourself for the worst. He's going to not make it through this, or there's going to be brain damage. And I would always say, be quiet. I would say, no, 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 nope. I don't want to hear that because there's no way God raised him from the dead so he could be a vegetable. I don't buy that. Now, that was courageous faith on my part because it wasn't always easy to say that. I would put worship on in the, bed, in the hospital room. Worship. I didn't want to worship. Again, it was courageous worship for me to worship through the midst. My dad's lying in his, in his bed on life support, not being able to talk or, or communicate. And the doctors are telling me, it's over, dude. Like, you're wasting, you're basically wasting money. Like, he's not going to come out. But he's on all these things. And I would put on worship. And I remember the song that got me through it was Oceans. You know, it's funny. I hated that song before my dad's thing. I hated that song. As a worship leader, I, and I, my wife and I, we would say, Oceans is pretty cool. But it, was, it does this, it has no dynamics. That's what I thought musically. And so I put the song on. For, it was like the first one that came up, and I put it on, and I, and I listened to the lyrics for the first time. And I went, oh, my gosh, this is a song of faith. Yes. We played Oceans nonstop, 24-7. I just re repeated the song. And I found myself having to worship in the midst of that, not knowing. And I, even if he was going to die, which I didn't believe he was, but I told the Lord in the midst of that moment, I said, God, even if he dies, I will still believe you are good. And I would still believe your desire was to heal him. And I would worship. I would worship. Courageous worship. Courageous faith. Courageous faith, man. Think about just, I mean, there's stories in the Bible. They're littered with stories. What about the woman with the issue of blood? What kind of courage did it take for her? It says for 12 years, she had this issue of blood. 12 years. Man, what was her, I mean, I feel bad for her husband if she had one. That's a long time, 12 years. I mean, I can barely handle a week. How's the husband? What's going on here? 12 years. Lee, right? Courageous husband. 
So she had courageous faith. She got all these doctors, couldn't help her. Nobody could help her. Formalists couldn't help her. Religion couldn't help her. So she said, there's one person that can help me. I'm going to find him. And if I could just touch, all I need is one touch. I'll be healed. One touch. I don't even need to touch his skin. I just need to touch his clothing. And she was probably 12 years of bleeding, was probably not very strong, right? She forced her way through the crowd in courage and in faith, and she touched the hem of his garment so much so that Jesus, in the midst of being surrounded by people and being touched, said, who touched me? Power has just left me. Courageous faith. Man, how about Noah? I like Bible stories. We could just tell Bible stories all day. How about Noah? What kind of courage does it take to build an ark in the middle of nowhere when it's never rained ever in the history of the world? And God says, hey, Noah, I want you to build this boat. Why? Because it, it's going to rain. What, what is rain? Well, these pellets from heaven or water are going to fall down, and they're going to cause a flood like a lake. Noah, you have lakes. Like a lake across the whole earth. Man, that sounds weird, God. It is weird. But that's what I'm doing. So have courage. So it, it's, we believe he took anywhere from 55 to 75 years to build that ark. It's about what the scholars believe. Can you imagine, I mean, 55 years, what are you doing in year three? Like, and then your friends are like laughing at you. What are you, what is that monstrosity? What are you doing? Well, God told me to do this. Why? Because there's going to be flood and everything like that. You're all going to die. Fifth, three years, five years, ten years. What has God asked you to do that you quit in one day? The courage it takes to last 55 years believing a promise of God and that God will do what he said he will do. That's courageous faith. That's courageous faith. I look at um, different aspects of faith. I was praying last night, and and these things came to me, and and I want to I want to share them with you. Kind of three different uh, views of faith that I have that I see. We have courageous faith, of course, knowing that God told you to do something, or that sense that God's in this thing that you need to do. And the reason why it takes courage is because there's a little trepidation. There's a little bit of fear. There's a little bit of like, ah, unknown, I'm not sure. Uh, when we moved to Vegas, it was like that. Yeah, we, we knew we're supposed to come, but it took, you know, it took a little bit of courage to come for nothing. You know, we came for nothing. We just know God said to go. Um, but that's courageous faith, knowing that it, it's something that God's called to do or that it's in your heart to do. Something that may be scary or uncomfortable, but you know beyond a shadow of a doubt you're supposed to do it. 
I mean, just being transparent, I know for me, I know I'm, I'm in ministry and I'm your worship pastor, but I have a, and people that know me know this, I have a strong call in my life for film. And I have a script that I'm supposed to write, and I haven't, and it's, it's taken courageous faith for me to, to even think about writing this thing. In fact, the Lord told, asked me uh, last year when I was going to start this, he goes, are you, are you ready to do this? Because this is a big deal. And I said, yeah, courageous faith, courageous faith. So we have things in our life that we're not doing because they're scary, but we know we're supposed to do them. How do we know we're supposed to do them? Because it always comes back. Oh, it always comes back to us. Oh, I'm supposed to do this. That's, that's how you know it's the Lord, right? Think of Abraham and Isaac, another one, right? God told Abraham, I'm going to give you descendants as like, like the sand on the seashore. You ever picked up sand? I know. Well, just go pick up some dirt out here and look at all the little dirtiness and all the little dirts represent a person, little dirty people. Just want, just go to, just pick up thing. Just, and God said, as, as much as the sand is on the seashore, this is how, I'm gonna, this is how many descendants you're going to have. So, but then God then tells him the one son he has, God tells him, now go kill your son. The one that's going to give you, <laughs> take you to the next level and give you descendants. I want you to go, I want you to kill him. Um, so he could have easily gone... Get thee behind me, Satan. That's obviously not the word of the Lord, right? Yeah, that doesn't even make sense. But he realizes it's from God. He has courageous faith. He takes his son up. He puts him on the, the wood pile. He wraps him up. And he's still, I think, in the back of his head going, uh... But he has courage to know that God said what he said, and he has faith to believe. Now, here's the cool thing about that. It says in Hebrews eleven seventeen, faith operated powerfully in Abraham, for when he was put to the test, he offered up Isaac. Even though he received God's promises of his descendants, he was willing to offer up his only son. Verse 19, I love this. This is where that faith and courage intersect. Abraham's faith or courage made it logical for him to believe that God could raise Isaac from the dead. This is the intersection of faith and courage. Because I know God told me I would have descendants, but he's taking the one descendant away from me that could make it happen. But I know what he said. But I also know God can raise him from the dead. God says, lay down that dream. But God, you told me to do that thing. Lay that thing down. When you have faith like Abraham, you know that God has the power at some point to resurrect that thing back up again because he put it in you to begin with. Do you see what I'm saying? That's courage. It's courage. Courageous faith takes obedience so we have courageous faith, and then we have what I call presumptuous faith. Here's presumptuous faith. Faith, Assuming God has called you to do something and trying to conjure up the faith 
to believe that he has. Uh, I'm a little presumptuous about this. Remember the seven sons of Sceva in the New Testament? This is a great story. Just go Google it. It's pretty funny. Talk about presumptuous faith. They tried to cast demons out of a dude, and uh, they didn't have the authority of heaven. They presumed they did, but they did not. And I love the demon goes, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Imagine operating out of presumption and trying to cast out a devil, and the demon goes, who the heck are you? I don't know who you are. That's when we operate out of presumption. That's when we try to kick doors down that God has shut because we feel we're supposed to do it, and we conjure up this in our heart. Uh, faith, 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 faith. Now, here's the deal with presumptuous faith. I still think God blesses it with small victories because God still honors his kids. And sometimes we make mistakes. And then there's what I call rebellious faith. I know it kind of sounds like an oxymoron. Rebellious faith. Knowing God is not in something, but manipulating others to believe that God is so they can stand with you in your God told me so. Rebellious faith is the bread of the enemy. Never operate out of rebellious faith. There is no victory with rebellious faith. None. With courageous faith, God provides the tools, the resources, the people, the provision, and the protection. The main attribute of this type of faith, peace comes with it. I always follow the peace. My wife and I always follow the peace. And with courageous faith, there is always victory. Presumptuous faith has confusion attached to it. Not sure. It's kind of chaotic. Everything is, everything I think is moving forward, but I don't really have a peace about it. But I'm going to kind of force myself to have peace about it. If there's confusion attached, don't go forward. Presumptuous faith may have small victory attached, but it will be short-lived. Rebellious faith, no confirmation from the Lord. No confirmation from godly counsel, no peace, and no victory. I want to operate out of courageous faith. Now, sometimes we try to put on someone else's courage. Have you ever done that? And I think, I think you can to a point. I think my kids, like... Coco sometimes deals with anxiety. My little Coco, she's five, and she was having some anxiety a few weeks ago because mom left for uh, a week, uh, a f you know, four days, and um, she was real nervous about it. And, and so I'd pray over her. And then as I, as I would hold her, I would literally try to impart my courage. You know, like, I can do it. I don't, want, I don't like that mom's gone either. We can have courage together. Come on, have some of my courage. But I'm in relationship with her, and I'm her father. But sometimes we try to grab someone else's courage or someone else's anointing, and we have no business 
I'll go back to the story of King David, or, uh, King Saul and David. When David was so sick of Goliath, this giant calling out, the, just mocking the God of Israel. Remember this? Horrible. This dude standing up there, and he, every day he just, it says that he just mocks the God of Israel. That's your God, by the way. That's our God. And this little David boy is tired of it. And he knows, man, he's already killed a lot of things. He's no, he's a strong guy, but he's never been up against this kind of um, giant before. So he goes to the king. He says, I'm going to take, I'm going to take this guy out. And Saul goes, okay, are you sure? Because you're kind of tiny and you're not very smart. You know, this is Saul. And I don't really like you. You sure? Yeah, no, I'm doing it. Nobody's talking about my God like that and getting away with it. How come you guys are letting them do it? Let's go. So Saul goes, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to put on my armor. Because in my armor, I've had a victory. I've had strength. I've had courage. So David goes, all right. So he starts to put on Saul's armor. And as he's putting it on, he realizes that it's real clunky. And it's big. And it's not his anointing. It's not David's courage to wear. David has to have his own courage and his own faith and his own anointing to defeat this thing. Sometimes religion will try to do that to us. Here's a formula for you to operate in courage. Here's a formula for you to operate in faith. Just put these things on, jump through these hoops, say this prayer, and, you can, and you're off. And what it doesn't take account of is in the, the, the moments in the secret place when you're with just you in the face of God, and you're saying, I can't do this, God. And he says, you can do this. You don't need a formula. You just need my presence. If my presence will go with you, you can do anything. And so David rejects Saul's anointing, and he rejects Saul's courage, and he says, I got all I need. And we know the story. He takes Goliath out. It's amazing. Because he operated in courageous faith. Because he knew who he was. When you know who you are as a son or a daughter, this thing gets a lot easier. It's still tough. It's still tough. And it still takes time for you to differentiate between presumptuous faith or courageous faith. Get the voice of the Father on these issues. And when you get it, run to what he says to do. And run hard. You guys feel that? So, Um, I, I want to be, you know, I've been called a man of great faith. I don't know why. Uh, it's very humbling when people have, have said that to me. Um, but I got to tell you, I'm like you, like all of us. We struggle with things, and we need an infusion of courage every now and again, don't we? I mean, look at Moses, man. God says, hey, Moses. God doesn't sound like that. <laughs> Weak, maybe. Moses. Hey, Moses, you murderer. He didn't call him a murderer. 
But that's what Moses thought. A murderer. Remember? Hey, Moses, I choose you to set my people free. And Moses goes, nah, nah. I cannot talk. Right? He uses an excuse of stuttering, which actually most theologians think he actually did not have a problem of stuttering. But regardless, he says, I'm a stutterer. God says, okay, I'll, I'll take care of that. You can have Aaron. Uh, I'm, I'm not good enough. You're fine. I'm going to give you courage to do this. You want me to set your people free? I do. And I'm going to give you the words to say, and you just do what I say. That's it. And so Moses, man, one of the most courageous stories in the Bible, Moses. I mean, setting God's people free. This is like huge. Courageous faith. That's good. I'm done. Like, I really have nothing. I don't like to just talk for the sake of talking, although my wife would say that's not true. <laughs> but um, can we, who's, uh, who's on Keith Lee? Come on up. Man, how many of you say, I just would like to have some more courageous faith in my life. Come on, lift your hands. Yeah. I don't want to shriek from what God's called me to do. I want to do what God's called me to do. I want to operate out of that. I want to have, have courageous worship in the, in the midst of trial and tribulation. I want to be a courageous leader, leading out of love and courage. Yeah. Thank you, Father. So we just thank you, God. You know where, you, you know where I find courage? I find it in the presence of God when I'm, I just set my mind quiet and I just say, God, I can just sit here with you. He's not going to ask you to do something you're not going to be equipped to do or you're not, you know, going to be able to do. I mean, or something that's not already in your heart to do. He's probably not going to call you to go to Africa if you have no desire to go to Africa. I mean, he might, you know, as a missionary. That's kind of the big fear growing up in the church. God, don't call me to Africa. I don't want to go to Africa. And then I realized when I grew up, he would not call me to Africa because it's not in my... I don't have a passion for it. I have passions for other things that he's given me. And in those passions, when fear comes, you say, fear, get away from me. Back off fear. I'm walking in courage. So what has God called you to do that you've let fear and anxiety dictate your decision in that thing? I want you to think about that. I want you to say, just say it in your mind. Fear. Step aside. Courageous faith is my portion. Amen. Amen. Can we have the prayer team come up? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. These are people that we trust. Three people that we trust. That's the Trinity. Oh, here we go. 
if they have a badge, we trust them. If you want to get prayer for someone that doesn't have a badge and you don't know them, Karen doesn't know badge. She's up here. That is on you. That is courageous of you to have someone else pray for you that we have not appointed. So, all right. So if, you, if that's you, I want you to come. These guys will pray for you. If you say, I just want to have some more courage in every area, whatever the area of my life is. Or if you just need prayer for anything, you need healing, if you need uh, you, salvation, whatever it is, you want to rededicate yourself, I want you to come up. I want you, there's plenty of time. There's plenty of time before the next service. So would you all stand with me? Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. I thank you that faith is rising in our hearts. It's rising in this room, God. We thank you that you are the God who says you are. If there's anybody in here with sickness or disease, we say right now in Jesus' name, bow right now. Anyone with cancer, little c, cancer bows in Jesus' name. Anyone with heart uh, problems right now, we say heart be strong in Jesus' name. Anybody dealing with depression, grab hold of hope right now. Courageous hope. Courageous hope. Let that thing rest in your spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on. Go this week, guys. Walking in courage. Walking in love. Walking in grace. Walking in hope. Don't let, don't let circumstance dictate how you feel or what you do. Don't let the enemy even have a voice in your head. Every time the enemy talks to you, he lies. Don't give him one second in your head. Don't. He's a liar. So we reject all lies right now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, we'll see you guys uh, Wednesday night if you want. Uh, we have Revival Group Wednesday nights. Thursday night is discipleship. Is that still open? Are we still in that open period? Another couple weeks. Thursday's open for discipleship. And then it's going to be closed group. And um, next Sunday, uh, Zach and Rochelle will be back. And uh, go Chargers. Amen.